welcome to Voices from Freeze LA, brought to you by luxury fashion destination, Matches Fashion. I'm Bryony Stone, head of editorial at Matches Fashion, and in this series, we head to LA to celebrate Freeze and see the city through the eyes of history-making LA insiders. My guest in this episode is Amanda Hunt, Director of Public Programmes and Creative Practice at the soon-to-open Lucas Museum of Narrative Art in Los Angeles. The nearly 300,000 square foot building will include five levels with gallery space, a library, dedicated learning studios, two theatres, a restaurant, a cafe, an event space and 11 acres of new park space all designed by landscape architecture firm Studio MLA. Hunt is the former director of education and public programs at MOCA, as well as the co-curator of the 2019 Desert X Biennale. With Amanda working at the forefront of new artistic endeavours, we speak about the past, present and future of visual storytelling. conversation off. I've done some research about Lucas Museum which was new to me um, and I'd love to hear more about what you're currently working on as a director of public programs and creative practice there. So from my understanding Lucas Museum is going to open in LA in 2023 is that correct? Yeah okay so just first want to acknowledge the banging in the background we're in a pandemic uh, situation here as is everyone working from home so if you hear our baby she's a year old and just started walking she's in the next room with our in-laws we've got someone building something next door so bear with me right now the work my work and the work of the museum is really getting engaged in the communities around the institution engaged with um, just civic life and just sharing more with uh, the city of Los Angeles and beyond about what we're building there and Part of the reason I'm there is um, it's a great experiment. It's really an opportunity to build a 21st century museum. Throughout my career as a curator and certainly within public programming and performance, activating public space is a huge priority for me. So I'm really looking forward to not just doing things inside the building, you know, incredible lectures, panels, film screenings, but activating the exterior and bringing folks in to green space in ways that maybe they wouldn't expect or haven't been able to do at a museum. Yeah, let's talk a bit about um, that gap between, or I would say gulf, between yeah. public and private that exists within the art world. Yeah. What drew you to work within that public art space? I know that you worked on um, Desert X as well before. Absolutely. Yeah, I think... Um, that's a <laughs> it is a gulf but they coexist and at this stage certainly in the states one can't exist without the other you know uh, we used to have a, an enormous amount of federal funding for the arts uh, with the National Endowment for the Arts and that stopped in the 80s so it has all become more reliant on private contributions um, for me again the priority of like Creating work with artists in public space is always going to be an essential piece of what I do. So if that's at a private foundation or space or a public institution or nonprofit, 
such as museums, that's, that's what I'll be carrying through. So I think there's room for everyone. I'm really um, an optimist in that way. I want everyone to feel included, and that can be a collector, certainly, and a board member, um, and that can be a six-year-old you know, visiting with their mother for the first time from a different part of the city. So that's really how I, that's how I work, um, even if it's not a public festival, a public art festival like Desert X. Um, and really the mandate for that is how many people can encounter this art um, who live there and who don't and want to adventure and travel to see it. I really try to bring that spirit wherever I go. So no different in this space than it is out next to, you know, the desert landscape. Mm, I think that's a really beautiful ethos. Earlier you spoke about engaging the community around (laughs) the museum, specifically in Exposition Park. And I would love to hear you talk about how you would characterize your own relationship with the art scene or maybe the art world in LA. Oh yeah, it's a long one. I mean, it's all relative, right? It's been over a decade that I've been living here on and off, um, a few stints in New York City at the Studio Museum, and we'll have time another time maybe to go into all of that. But uh, basically what brought me to Los Angeles, it was uh, in between years at grad school. I was just curious about Southern California, I had literally studied artists there and read about um, you know, light and space and people like Eleanor Anton and conceptual art practices, um, you know, and tried it for a summer and totally just fell in love with the city. I mean, like my first memory is driving down Pacific Coast Highway in Malibu and looking over from the back seat after a day at the beach with my friends and seeing David Hasselhoff <laughs> from Baywatch. <laughs> and it was just like, this is ridiculous and amazing like a fantasy (laughs) but it's real and that's part of like why I stay here I think also like nobody told me how weird LA is in like the best way um you know I think I grew up in Philadelphia on the east coast and I've got that kind of hustle in me but uh it's a different lifestyle here it's a slower pace it's a different kind of anonymity and it's a different relationship to landscape which like i love um we have a cabin three hours from the city we were at the beach on sunday you know we live 10 minutes from downtown right now so the creative community here was another thing that went hand in hand with that like pacific coast highway moment i spent the summer just building relationships with incredible artists and makers that are still in my life today. Um, and the city opened up to me in that way. Um, the food, the culture, the art, the design here is like, it's iconic. Um, and there's always going to be pockets to explore. So I think that's what keeps me here. It's known for its sprawl and I'll never know all of the places it sprawls to, but there's always something to be seen and, and, uh, I don't want to say discovered because it existed before you got there, you know, but it's a fascinating town. Mm. And then for someone who might be in LA for a couple of days, 24 hours, let's say they've got 24 hours in the city, where would you tell them to go? What would you tell them to see? Where would they eat, stay? You know, have you got any hot tips for them? You made 
the most important addendum to that general question. It's all about the food. Uh, I know I should be talking about art and artist studios. I'll get to that, but oh my God, the food here is just incredible. Like we're on the coast. So you're just like the taste of fish here is, I mean, it's just fresher. Like it's noticeably incredible. So there's an incredible kitchen um, and sushi uh, Japanese restaurant called Nanaka and slash N-A-K-A, um, I would highly recommend. I am thinking of Sonora Town, which is Sonoran-style Mexican food um, based in the fashion district downtown, which, I mean, I have not been to that part of Mexico yet, but it doesn't taste like anything else. I, it, you can tell it's from the region. These are recipes from the chef's families that they've carried into this kitchen. So just thinking about, uh, you know, experiences like that that's as much a part of LA as the visual experience of the ocean or the mountains or you know any given artist studio in an incredible warehouses um I think you know for someone visiting in 24 hours pick a pick a part of LA the traffic is not a myth uh I was mistaken about that when I first moved here it was like oh my god this is this is literally mind-numbing um so don't get caught in it you know, you could spend the day downtown just popping around incredible new spaces um, that all the galleries have. Francois Gabali Night Gallery are right next door to each other. You could pop over to Sonora Town afterwards and then keep the tour going and check out the Hauser and Worth complex and see any number of things, have lunch at Manuela. I literally am getting hungry talking about all of this. <laughs> and then in terms of... Um artists based locally is there anyone yeah. you know you're talking about studio visits is there anyone that you have visited recently or whose work you've been following either online or in real life uh, that you're super excited by absolutely and you'll see so many of those people in the booths at the focus section and freeze next month um you know i'm thinking immediately of rodrigo valenzuela who just opened a show at luis de jesus on saturday Again, given the pandemic and the variant and our unvaccinated child, we couldn't be there, but we're very close to him and look forward to seeing it. He's got a killer installation planned for the fair. Um, just incredible photographic works that include sculpture and traces of performance. Um, you know, art and design is a really strong conversation here in LA that will also be a part of what's happening in the focus section this year. Marta is a... Um, a jointly run kind of gallery and moving space that is at the center of that dialogue. Um, so just thinking about who they're showing at any given time is really something to pay attention to. Um, you know, I think I mentioned performance art as being something really near and dear to my heart. Um, someone based here is uh, E.J. Hill, who's represented by Commonwealth and Council, who has an incredible roster of artists, um, but he's someone I'm always following. I, I could go on for days, but I think, you know, for people to understand some of the things that I'm interested in, I think that are really just incredible voices and just visions um, here in the city, check out Focus. I have to, I have to kind of promote that as well. It's really an exciting lineup of people doing things in different ways or who've been doing things for a long time and might not uh, be as well known. So it's, you know, it's intergenerational too. It's not just young artists. There are people who've been working here for over 50 years 
um, who really just are still just getting out into the world and into the commercial sector. So it's all really exciting to be supporting that. And do you collect work by any artists, either artists that are living or artists that are dead? If I do collect, it's extremely modestly. Um, I'm not operating at a level that many collectors are. So if there is that special edition uh, that can support a small artist-run space, I'm there. So that's kind of the way things work um, for me and my kind of collecting ethos, if we can even call it that. And then gifts. I've been lucky to work with incredible artists who sometimes give us things. Do you think there are any kind of common qualities around the work that you have? Is there anything that makes you, there are any qualities in particular that make you forge a connection with a work? That's, yeah, that's a great question. I think I have a really strong relationship, well, certainly to artists of color. Um, I love photography. That's something I was really close to in my youth and high school and college. I loved it. I think it's a different kind of editorial process and curating is, but there's some relationship there. Um, sculpture, I love weird things, you know, really funky objects. I love ceramics and kind of forms in that way. So those are some of the through lines. You'll see, you know, people of color in our household. Our daughter will grow up with that, um, which is incredible. And just like beautiful objects that are part of maybe installations that an artist have made, um, people who are really close to us in our lives. Um, so I think actually story kind of comes full circle. Every piece that we have in our home has a story. Behind me is a, an addition by Corey Newkirk that you can't see because it's kind of blown out by the sunlight right now, but it's this incredible reflective silver surface of a giant satellite dish um, from, God, 2008? from the way back, but Corey's someone who, again, we just have a, a deep relationship to and is part of the Los Angeles art scene. I think if we can keep going in the direction things have been and keep pushing and keep collecting at these institutions, um, you know, again, thinking about communities local to museums, communities local to the city, doesn't always have to be an international push uh, in terms of collecting and reflecting different cultures and expressions but um yeah it's really something that needs to happen at every level from from board to frontline staff side to side change starts at the top i think that's a really beautiful message to end on um thank you so much for your time amanda it was so nice to speak to you and to Me hear too. your baby from afar <laughs> Voices from Freeze LA is a matches fashion podcast. Please hit subscribe to discover future episodes and share with anyone you think might enjoy it. To discover what's on and see the city through the eyes of history-making LA insiders, head to matchesfashion.com or join the conversation online by searching for matches fashion. <laughs>